This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas, whatever your wildest dreams. If you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator, one site, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Giannis Janais and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-1 to loss to Bristol City on Saturday at Craven Cottage. This was a disappointing loss with a controversial ending to this match. We'll get all into that. We've already talked about it on full-time, but I look forward to talking to the guys about it. So let's not waste any time. I'm first going to go to the birthday boy. It's Giannis's birthday, so let's wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Giannis. Here's my opening thought for you. Talking point. Here it is. Did yeah. Fulham deserve anything from this match? No. 
No, I don't think they did. I, I don't think they did. Um, we, I, I thought that the lineup was a little odd. We looked flat for large, um, long sections of the game. Bristol City, we knew were a good side. They got our number at the cottage. And then Cameron's given us a chance to get back in. I think um, I think if we got if that the, the penalty call late on had been given and we'd scored, yep. City would have felt agreed. But I thought I didn't think we were the better side in the day. Thought the better side won. And I agree. And, yeah, the, the City are a very good side. And they are. Hey, we're, they're they're fourth, we're third, and. Um, you know, don't be surprised if we get to play them postseason as well. But, but no, I don't think we we weren't good enough on the day. I actually agree with that, Max. Do you agree with Giannis and myself that Fulham didn't deserve anything? No, I think we did. We deserved the point just for that. You did, okay. Towards the last fifty minutes, were okay. we the better side? No, we didn't deserve to win. But I do think we deserved the point just on the basis of that comeback. But throughout the ninety minutes, we weren't good enough, and that's what we're going to talk about: is that we can't continue to start matches so poorly absolutely totally agree max and uh listen we're going to talk about this later in the show but let me just get your view right now and i'll go right back to Giannis. i talked to the guys on full time about this so let's not waste any more time max was that a penalty i mean i'm, I'm watching it now and there's been a video posted in the Fulham, you know facebook group and i, I can't see that much contact i i really can't i mean in, in real time it looked like a stonewall penalty but I'm, I'm watching again, and of course, slowing stuff down always makes it look different, right? And changes your mind because you know football is not played in, in in frame by frame; it's played in real time. So I don't know. The point the point is the referee is terrible. Let's not distract us from the fact that the ref either gives a penalty oh, hands or down, hundred percent, no in between. So he's inept. He should never uh, referee another full match again, <laughs> let alone another championship match. But it, it looked like a penalty, hundred percent in real time. And I'm, I'm looking it again, and I don't know if a data really touches him. I, I don't know if it's really a touch. And it's tough because it looks so clearly a penalty. But then right. you're watching again, and you're thinking, was there a clip? Does, is Cavana already going down? But it gets into a broader um, debate, and Parker mentioned this. Do we need VAR in the championship? I still kind of enjoy the fact that the championship is not in that whole VAR nonsense, that if you score a goal, you know it's a goal. There's right. no debating. But a decision like this, would VAR even have made a difference? You know, sometimes you look at VAR, and VAR makes the wrong call. And, and, and the referee, wherever they are, the video says the referee doesn't think it's a penalty. And it's still more controversy. So sure. it's tough. If you asked me that right after the match, I said 100% a penalty, terrible decision. And I'm watching it again, and, and there's this new angle. Because film at CTV didn't show the replay. They absolutely which did not. I'm I glad thought, that you said that, which, Max. I said that on full time. They only gave us yeah. one view. They didn't replay yeah. it until after the match. They actually and, replayed yeah. it, but they did not get us th- this other view until we watched the extended highlights. Like yeah. I watched, like and, you watched. Yep. And you know what, Russ? I think that says something. I think I think that's our own in-house um, replay. We control that. I think Fulham said, you know what? Maybe this isn't a penalty, and they didn't want to show it. That's the only explanation why there wasn't a replay. And I, I honestly don't th- I don't see that much contact. I really don't. Okay. And it's tough for me to say because the whole opinion is the referee screwed the game, which is still true. I just don't know if that's a penalty. I really don't. Okay. It's interesting, and I'm g- g- going to go right back to Giannis in just a second because, like you, I watched this back this morning, 
And I came out very strong. Anyone has seen my tweet on Twitter, and I was really upset after the match because I thought, as Yana said, that it was a stonewall penalty. And again, what's interesting about this, watching it this morning with the new highlights, I still don't have 100% clarification on this. And I think that's where you're going on it because it really doesn't give us that view. So, but again, I've seen this called regardless. I don't know how many times. And it's just, it's a very tough decision. And um, as you mentioned, Max, the referee in general was horrible. And this was one that how many times have we seen called and was not called? That to me is also speaks to the situation at hand. That's normally called. Let's just be honest. We are looking back at it in very, I guess you could say, replay very slowly, and we're still struggling to see it 100% because I don't think the view is good enough. But if I had to still think, is it based on what I watched, even the way that Cabana reacted, I still think it's a penalty, but there is a little doubt there just because I don't get the best view. Anyways, over to you, Giannis. What are your thoughts on this? Again, we talked about off-air that you believe that this was a stonewall penalty. Do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Because you look at the, uh, you know, I've replayed it many times. You've yep. got the, Joe Bryan's knocked it across. And I don't, I'm not even sure that, uh, I'm not even sure that Cabana saw uh, the defender coming. So, I mean, if you base it on that assumption, yep. and you can't see the defender coming, how else does he go down unless it's contact? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's to me, and Cabana, and the other thing is this, Cabana's not that kind of player. He's, you know, he's he, he's not going to go diving. You, you could see, I mean, there was contact. Is there enough contact at that speed? Yes. And I still say the reaction of the players should really tell the story. Right. They the were fans, there as fans, well. They were there They're as right well. They were right there. Yeah. The fans are going to. You know they're going to holler and want the penalty, and I get that. But the, the players were, were out beyond irate. Right, I really were, and to me it was, um, yeah. But then, um, a lot, a lot of Fulham fans are very, very upset, and I, I'd be more upset with um, the the. I thought the performance of the referee was appalling. Yep, that call notwithstanding, I mean he completely lost control. Ninety minutes past ninety minutes, he's issued four yellow cards. Um, he utterly lost the plot. Totally. Uh, yeah, and and his, his his that penalty was just one of several really really bizarre calls during the game, and um, he was he was terrible. He was a terrible ref, and but you know um, if you know if if the players are philosophical. And they don't, you know, we've got Preston Tuesday night. Yep. But if they're philosophical and they think about it, penalty call or no penalty call. They're outplayed. We're outplayed. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're a very good side. There's no. But it, I thought, I thought it was an absolute. I thought it was an absolute, um, absolute, yeah, penalty. And okay. um, but, you know what? We don't have VAR. Uh, do we want VAR? Well, I think you should always try and find the right decision, but VAR still is uh, still... It's a work in know. progress. It's yeah. Actually, right now, it's making more mistakes than it's getting things right. So I understand people's feelings on VAR. You know mine. 
Giannis, I want VAR because I believe in it. Ultimately, I think it will be good for the sport. I really, truly believe that. I've seen it improve in MLS, and I think eventually it will in the Premier League, and I hope it comes down to the championship. But beyond that, and I'm glad that you guys both said that because we're talking about it, and we'll talk about it again once we break down this match, that uh, it's a controversial ending to this match, but honestly, Fulmer outplay. Let's be honest. And here's my next talking point for you guys. And Giannis, I'll start with you. I'll go right back to you. I'm going to ask you this question. Was Scott Parker outcoached in this match by Lee Johnson? Did he get his tactics wrong? Because Lee Johnson knows how to play against Fulmer. I thought he really outcoached Scott Parker. What are your thoughts on that? Do you agree with me or do you disagree? Well, I think... um... The question marks are going to be there's the lineup. I mean, you, you've got um, yep. Josh Anonymous, um, who was, you know, Anonymous. You've got Kamara, you know, got Boo Boo sitting on the bench, and you've started knockout again. And I know there's no Reed, Reed, or I mean, they're massive misses. And um, I might, yeah, I might have um, been tempted to bring Kevin McDonald in for this game. Um, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see the value of Anoma. I think he, to me, he's not a number ten. I don't. I, I just his mobility, his reading of the game is not the problem for me. He looked, he looked confused at times yesterday. Didn't add any sort of value. When I saw that lineup, um, it worried me because Knockart. I think Knockart is a good player. I know he's getting a lot of stick from the fans, but he's not playing well. You can have good players that are just not not clicking. And then he's not playing well right now. To me, he shouldn't be starting. And um, I'm not sure what thinking was behind not playing Boo considering his run of form. And then that's the start, really, of the tactics. He's probably looked at it now and gone, oh, thank God for that. He can bring him on. He's going to bring him on as a late sub where hopefully we're a couple of goals ahead. And as it turns out, that's exactly what happened. Um, I thought that uh, Bristol City was set up very well. And... Um, they really nullified anything we had. So right. uh, I, I think yeah, you're partially partially out coached, but I thought I thought Scotty's lineup um was a problem. Um and unfortunately uh it came back to bite us. Totally agree. Very interesting takes there, Giannis. Max, over to you, because uh Giannis actually brought us into talking about the lineup, so we can might as well talk about that as well. We usually wait a little bit, but I want to get your thoughts on this talking point that I have because we t- I talked about it with the guys on full-time and they were talking about that tactically Bristol City had it right and we didn't have it right. But then Yanis brought up the lineup. What are your thoughts about all that? Yeah, I think the, line- the lineup plays a big part into Parker's tactics because Yanis is 100% right with uh, Anoma and Knockhart. We essentially had two passengers two ineffective players, two freeloaders who weren't doing anything for the greater team. And you can't afford to have that against a team like Bristol City because what they have are 11 Warriors, essentially, who's going to work for the cause um, and put Lee Johnson's game plan to great effect. We didn't have that. I don't understand why Kamara's dropped. I think that's one of the most baffling decisions I've seen in a while. And as soon as he gets off the bench, he scores and almost leads to the equalizer. So it was yep. clear as day that having him on the pitch was a game changer. And Anoma, I can understand why he started him, just because we have no other options. But I don't agree with McDonald. I think McDonald should never start a game for us again in the championship. He's just past his time. 
you can bring him on with 50 minutes to go, but he's not a starter. But, you know, why not be a little bit brave? Why not bring on Matt O'Reilly or Luca Della Torre? These are young players who seem like they're perpetually on the cusp of getting into this first team. They've been on the bench so many times in the past couple of seasons. You know, what, when is there a better time than now than to give them a start? Matt O'Reilly's been linked with leaving to Dortmund or Leeds or any other That's continent right. or other championship team for seasons now. And if he looks at himself and says, I can't get a game, but Josh, I like, I like to be honest, but Josh Anonymous is playing. Maybe there's no future for me at Fulham. And that's sad because we've heard this player tipped for great things for many a year. And if we lose him because of Parker's, you know, like obsession with Anoma or, you know, Matt Wells' obsession with Anoma from the time of Tottenham, and that's, that's pretty disappointing from my standpoint. That's, that's, a real, that's a real misstep. So I agree the lineup was all wrong. And it showed. We didn't really have a, a good chance until Knockhart missed the sitter. And that was two minutes into the second half. What does that say about you when you're playing at home and you can barely create a clear opportunity until the second half? So, yeah, for me, Parker didn't get it right today. Credit to him. He fixed it with the subs, but it can't take that long. It really can't. Okay. Excellent, guys. Very interesting about the whole situation because – I'm glad that you brought up Matt O'Reilly and then, of course, Luca Della Torre. Why not give them a chance? Why are they there? They're not getting a chance to play. Why not give them a shot? And uh, Anoma's a puzzle. They obviously believe in him, but I haven't seen anything that has backed them for p- playing him. Yana said Josh Anonymous because that's kind of what it's like. But, Giannis, to go back to you, the guys yesterday were focusing on the midfield, the tactics that – Lee Johnson had that their midfield just basically just flooded us and did not allow us to really do anything that we wanted to. What, what are your thoughts about the that the problem really came down to in midfield? Yeah, and, and again, if you look, you know, look at the players that were missing, and that doesn't help us. Uh, you know, we've yep. been putting out um, basically a, a, a backup midfield Against a side that are very, very experienced and are playing and are playing well, and um, seem to have our number at the cottage. And 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 it's not, you know, it's not the, the cottage isn't the widest field. Let's not forget. And um, it's a sort of field where you know you can flood the midfield and make it make it make it very difficult. Right. And um, they didn't really get they they gave, never gave us time and space. I still think we could have moved the ball a little quicker. I don't think that we. Um, I think when we don't play well, we tend to um, we tend to, to be too ponderous in our passing and moving off the ball. Um, but I, you know what? We've just come off a four-game winning streak, and um, I think we've done very well to do that. I think it's remarkable we're even third, because I don't really think we've hit out of stride this year yet. Yeah. But we've had a lot of injuries. And, uh, the, you know, the transfer window is coming up soon, and we are going to need some reinforcements. Um, so it's also a good learning curve because of where we are. And we got a chance to get to go back on the horse. Preston lost to the Ha Ha's last night. So right. they're not you know um it's a winnable game. Um let's hope we can get at least one of the players back. I will be I guarantee that Boo Boo's gonna start on Tuesday up in the northwest. That's an absolute given. Um but credit to City. I mean they they made it Absolutely. very difficult. Yeah, they were very good. I, you know, I, no, I'm not going to sit here and moan about the way they played. The, the, the fans were excellent. 
and um, you know they they deserve the win and the tech just right. I just think that Scott he could have made it a lot easier in his in the lineup. I think uh, Booper would have given them a, a lot of problems because he just gives a different look and he's so much more direct and physical. Um, and Knockout desperately needs some confidence. I think he needs a few games on the bench and, and hopefully that's going to come in the next few weeks. Okay, guys, before we break down this match, here's my final talking point. Max, I'll go to you first. And this goes to what I was actually messaging Emilio before the match. What I was fearful going into this match was the strengths of Bristol City compared to the weaknesses of Fulham. The play... From Bristol City, their pace and the ability to get the ball in the box scared me, and it played itself out. So let me ask you, coming out of this match, we're we're breaking down this match, what are your thoughts about our weakness? Because we cannot handle balls in the box, Max. It played itself out in this match. So I'm curious your thoughts on this, and are you as concerned as I am moving forward? A little bit, because I mean, Joe Bryan's marking is criminal. I mean, that was just shocking. And, and also you had to point the finger at Tim Ream as well. Yes. And maybe even Mawson, just because there, there were no white shirts anywhere near Brownhill for that first goal. And it wasn't the only time. I remember one amusing moment as well in the first half when uh, the Bristol City attacker had a, had a – it wasn't a free header. He had a header that was contested. The player next to him was another Bristol City player. That's right. He was a full player within five yards. So that's so worrying. Um that's that's just defensive miscues. That's just switching off. That's just not marking your man. I don't know why these players are doing that. There's not a really good explanation. It takes me back to every single conversation we had last year after our Premier League defensive disasters, and, and you say to yourself, well, how can quality players do this? And there's no explanation except just switching off and, and a poor culture. So that, that's not great. And there's another time when actually, you know, we're not talking about crosses, but Kennedy gave the ball away a bunch of times. And he did. Better strikers, better strikers than Jeju will punish us. Um, and, and then General Jim said very accurately, that's the difference between the Yeah, if that wasn't the last season, that would have yeah. been a goal. Would have been a goal. So, again, we, we didn't look confident starting out. And you're right, the marking from crosses is very poor. Players just seem static. You're not sticking with your man. And to be fair, Bristol City, again, they knew our weaknesses. You know, as you mentioned in the question, right. they know what to do. And, yep. I, again, they're a quality side. They're a very good side. And that game plan they had was top-notch. Absolutely. And full credit to Lee Johnson and his players because they knew how to attack Fulham, and they certainly did that. And Giannis, again, going back to it, I'm thinking about the matches where Fulham really struggled at Craven Cottage, Nottingham Forest, Hull City, and then also this match. And I think that there's this common denominator, and I think it's the play of our defense – dealing with uh, crosses and balls into the box and and uh, counterattacks. We just struggle at it, Giannis. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, we do. Uh, let's bring on Hector um, in January. I mean, he's got some size. I know he played for the U23s yesterday against West Ham. Uh, looking at the transfer market, uh, we need someone that can, you know, come in January that can come in and, you know, fill in a hole there because we are susceptible um i'm not it's not that i don't like ream and um and moss and i just it just scares me a little bit in terms of uh um when the aerial balls are coming in from the wings we just, we we don't we don't look great 
no. to be honest. Um, but I think part of the thing is is that uh, the start of the games are key. I think we got off to a very slow start against Hull and against Forest, and and, and yesterday against um, same thing. Bristol City, yeah. And we have to go on the front foot quickly, and then the, our best form of defence is always going to be attack with the players we've got. Right. But again, we've only, look at we are limited right now with the players that we've got. It just shows, you know. But it, but again, so having said that, you know, let's give uh, you know not just Boo Boo, but I thought Cabana um, came off the bench and gave us a, a new a good dimension. Absolutely. And played, because Cabano well. stepped up. Yes, he did, and that's. And that is good news. He's bided his time very, very well. Um, I'm now curious to see what the brass are thinking. You know, we've got you know some difficult games coming up, but um, you know the transfer deadline, you know transfer windows opening soon, and what players they're going to be looking at to come in, you know, as reinforcements. I'd be really curious to see how that's going to look um, for sure. But yeah, we, if I was coaching against Fulham. Um, Get the ball wide. Get the balls wide and just just pound them into the box. That's what I would do, because we are s- certainly susceptible to it, and it makes me a little nervous. That's why I'm glad we're talking about this because we're talking about the problems. This is all beyond talking about the penalty situation, which we'll talk ab- again at the very end. But if we're being honest, Fulham didn't deserve to win this match, and we're going through why. And I think we're doing a good job talking about the midfield and also talking about the balls in the box with, with the defense, just not good enough. And really just, this has just been a little bit of a common theme. So I'm glad that we were went through this, guys. All right, coming up next, we are going to break down this match for the first half, followed by the second half. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Max, I'll start with you. I just go through a couple of key moments and then we're going to stop. At the point where we talk about the first goal from Bristol City. So Bristol City started strong in the fourth minute. Again, this this started from a bad pass from Tom Kearney. You already mentioned that, Max. And there was a shot by Jeju, a better striker, scores there. But then Fulham had a very good opportunity in the 10th minute, a shot by Cavallero, which, again, partially saved and then cleared off the line. That was a decent opportunity. And then... A couple of minutes later, you had an Adoy shot that was sliced out of play. And followed up a few minutes later, you have a save by Rodak from a header again from Jeju. But I believe there was another player right there as well. And that's all going to lead Max to the goal from Bronhill, who is their captain. 26 minutes. And again, we're watching this on a stream. So we, we didn't get the best look at this. I don't think the camera coverage was fantastic. The ball coming in. but this was a poor goal to give up, Max. Let's talk about the goal that gave Bristol City the lead in the 26th minute. Yeah, it, it kind of starts with Adoy fans to go up across um, in behind in the right-back position. He tries to head it out of play, I believe, but all he does is helps it along to the Bristol City left winger. 
and because the door is kind of off balance from this header right on the touchline, that that winger has all the time in the world. Is static. Yeah. Let's let's Brownhill get inside yep. of him. Ream doesn't notice that there's a free man, and it's just a free header um, into the bottom left hand corner. Nothing oh. much to it. Just a really really bad switching off, and and you can't do that in in, in any level of football. You cannot just let your man get inside of you, not even make an attempt to get right. there. Because think about Brian and just kind of watched and he was a statue. Yep. Yep. It was just poor defending. Just again, poor awareness of the foam defense there that allowed Brown Hill to be unmarked like that. So it was a poor goal to give up and it just uh, epitomized what's been going wrong for foam. And Giannis, I now want to go to you because let's talk about the rest of the half. You know, again, foam, you want to see them score that goal before the end of the half, and it just didn't come to fruition. The closest that we got from that point on was a 36-minute. We had a header from uh, Ivan Cavalera that goes wide. But beyond that, there really was not much going on for the rest of the half. What are your thoughts about how Fulham played after they gave up the goal? We almost looked like we were in shock, to be honest, and and enormous looked like we were surprised that we were a goal down you know, part of me wonders now. You know, looking back on the game, did we did we underestimate underestimate them? Did we think, well, they've beaten us enough times at the cottage, we're, we're bound to get one over them? Yeah. It's a very, very well organised side. I mean, it's not. You know, there didn't seem to be a lot of bite. There didn't seem to be a lot of st- spark. And um, you know, I uh, honestly was thought, well, it looked like we weren't going to get a, an equaliser before half time. And I was strongly. I, I actually thought that um, I thought that um, uh, Boo Boo might have been bought on at half time. That was my I was first thing. That too. Yeah, let's let's throw him in the walls because Anoma was just I don't know. He was like walking his dog and smoking a cigarette somewhere. And um, I thought, well, if you if you bring him on now, you you give them you give City a different look. But um, he didn't come on until 22 minutes to go. And some would argue, you know, Cabano, um, Cabano, you know, came on too late as well. But I right. didn't think we were going to score before halftime. We just, we just, we we were a yard short, and we just um, everything we tried to attack them with, they, they nullified at source. Yanis, what I took from this, watching the first half, they wanted it more. Their players were more into it, and again, I'm trying to put my finger on what is going on here, and this goes back to what I talked to the guys about in the prior show, we've talked about this as well. Why do we come out so slow? Why do we have these slow beginnings to matches, especially at Craven Cottage? So I'm going to go back to you, and then I want Max's thoughts on this before we end talking about the first half. Is it the approach from the team? Is it coming from Scott Parker that he wants them to establish a rhythm of passing it back and forth to try to open them up it seems like we're just way too patient. Instead of trying to create, we're trying to be conservative and just look for the open. I want to get your thoughts on this. Are they just not approaching it aggressively enough? That's what I think is going on here, that they're too passive in the beginning of these matches, Giannis. What are your thoughts well, the, on that? Well, the, 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 to me, the warm, the players warm up before the game is, is, is pretty intense, like you see for most right. teams. And then we start the game as though the warm-up never happened. Right. You know, it's, it's like we stepped down two gears. I like it when, um, you know, if you look at – I was watching um, – I can't 
can't believe I'm going to say this, but I was watching the, the, the Millwall Forest game on... on um, I watched that game. Yeah, and it was a it was very a great good game. game. It was a great yeah, it game. was. Yeah, and, and what I liked about both teams is that they... Both teams went for it, really, from the first minute. That's I mean, right. The big difference between the Championship and the Premier League, and I prefer this level in terms of just this blood and, blood and guts from the start. And we don't. We try and... It's almost like we think we're playing in Serie A. And... Um, this division is a different division. It's, it's just, it is. It's, um, I, I'd like us to go, you know, be a lot more direct early on. I totally agree. Yeah. Half. yeah, but we don't. We don't. We, we, no. We, we, faff, we faff with the ball and, you know, and, and teams now know what we're going to do. Um, and we don't tend to score goals early. No. It takes no, we a good 20, yeah. 25. So I'd like us to score. I mean, they scored, you know, they, 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 scored, they scored early. And um, you know, I think once you get an early early goal, you really put. I mean, well, it was twenty six, like twenty six in. But yep. I mean, they had chances early, and they asked questions of us early. Yep. And uh, I'd like to see us get off to a quicker start. So, will he change his um, approach? Um, well, Tuesday will be a good um, a good test because Preston are a physical side and work very very hard. And you know they're 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 thereabouts right now, and uh, they will not be happy with the result against the Haas. Right. You know they're in seventh, and they know that a, you know a win could put could technically put them to fifth. So it's right. a big game for us, and I'd like us to get up to a quicker start at least if we can if we can do that. We'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, it just annoys me. It's just a very plodding start at the start of the game. Yeah, and it continues. Yeah, and what's interesting, while you were talking about this, I was thinking about some of the approaches, I, I know I'm going back a ways, to how Fulham played under Roy Hodgson, playing some of the like top four teams. He would go with them. He would actually go with them. He wouldn't be afraid. I'm talking about the approach. The players, they would be aggressive against some of the best teams in, in the uh, world at that time. And I like that approach. And for some reason, our approach at Craven Cottage, at home, Seems very passive, non-aggressive, and not mention the intensity of the opponent. Max, I want to get your thoughts on it because, again, they were first to every ball, it seemed, and our intensity level was not at the same level. But I also think it's an aggressive nature. We're not as aggressive as the opponent at Craven Cottage. We want to establish some kind of play, but it's not aggressive. It's actually a very patient approach, which in some levels I can understand, but why not try to get out of the blocks fast and attack a team? Instead, we're looking for the perfect pass. We're looking for the perfect opening, and teams are ready for that, and they're waiting for us to make a mistake. It's infuriating at times to watch how slowly we start, and maybe it's just the approach of the, of the players and potentially the coach, because I don't know if that's his direction to the players, but they look very passive to begin the matches. What are your thoughts? I think this can really be connected to the lack of midfield talent we have right now because there are certain moments in that first half when players like Johansson picked up the ball deep within their own half and were visibly frustrated that there's no forward options. Right. And there's no movement, guys. That's the biggest thing. If your players in the midfield and in, in attack aren't moving, aren't creating options, aren't on their toes, aren't creating passing lanes – when there's going to be no quick football, there's going to be no aggressive football, it's going to be that plotting, pondering stuff we see every first half. 
And I think that can really be connected to the injuries we have. I think if Deco Dover Reed out there, it's different. I think if Arter's out there, it might be different. I think even if Harrison Reed is out there, it's different. But given the players we have now, there's just not that movement. There's a lot of static nature. And we have players like Cavalero and Knockart who are better maybe on the counterattack. So they're not necessarily used to making runs from a standing position when we have possession. And it doesn't really lend itself to quick, high-octane football right off, right off the bat, right? Sure. But once we have a lead to chase, once we have ourselves you know, up against the wall, then it's different. But you're right. In those first 30, 45 minutes, there's really nothing there of urgency. But I'm going to really connect that to movement. And not to point fingers too much, but I think Anima has to take some responsibility for that. Because when you play in that right. you know, number 10 role in front of the holding team midfielders in, in the 4-2-3-1 or in the 4-3-3, whatever you want to call it, you have to move. You have to be constantly giving an option. And at times, it seems like you didn't want the ball. Yeah. Like we're talking about static, anonymous, and great by you to talk about the midfield. But I think it's also a mentality. That's just my opinion. I think they need to be thinking more on the front foot. But uh, it could also be a talent issue. That's a good point from you, Max, of the lack of talent we have in midfield right now because of injuries. It's a That's a great take by you. All right. Guys, let's transition to the second half. And we have to start off by talking about the opportunity first minute in from Anthony Knockhart. He's one-on-one with uh, the goalkeeper, Bentley. And, uh, again, I just think he needs to be doing better here. He should have scored here. And if Fulham score there, I think the match is different, regardless of how the first half went. But he doesn't. So then, again, we're controlling the play. You have a header from Mitro in the 51st minute. That, again, a decent opportunity. You have a shot by Johansson in the 56th minute. And then you have the shot by Kearney shortly afterwards in the 57th minute. So Fulham are getting opportunities to score. And then you have another shot by Mitro that goes over in the 61st minute. Another opportunity from Kearney in the 66th minute. So there are opportunities coming their way. Uh, But, again, then it, it all leads up to later on when you have, we have to stop here talk about the second goal from Bristol City, which at this point was going to make it a real uphill struggle for Fulham. So, Giannis, I'll go to you. Let's talk about the second goal from Bristol City. Got to give him credit because this was nice passing, but the goal was a joke. It was a tap-in by Jeju. So let's talk about the second goal from Bristol City in the second half. We seem to stop again. Um, we had a lot of possession up until that point, and we created a number of chances. But it was um, it was a very it was a, it was a it was a very it was a lovely setup to be to be fair. Um, the movement off the ball was slick. Um, I mean Nagy, I mean Nagy for Nagy, um, the cutback was was true, and did you just as, as knocked it in? And we look we were look, made to look very very flat footed, and that's the quality of a good side. You, yep. you can. Dual pressure, and uh, you know that uh, they're going to be they're going to be gaps. Johnson's, you know, Johnson's one of those managers now who, um, and has been for a while. I'm sure Premier League clubs are, are taking a good look at him. They so, should. Yeah, they should. I mean, I was. I, I have to tell you, I'm I'm stunned that um, Nigel Pearson was made Watford manager. <laughs> I saw um, that. Yeah, when when you got someone like Johnson, who whose experience and pedigree is such that. Um, you know, for the younger generation, I think they've said Premier League teams are, you know, now said goodbye to the Allardyces and the Tony Poulises, you know, of this world, the, the retreads, as I call them. 
um, the Neil Warnocks. But um, Johnson's a good manager yep. and um, deserves a shot. And uh, it was a nice move. We look, it was flat-footed. Uh, we looked flat-footed, and then you know, 14 minutes to go, with two goals down. And um, at that point, I thought it's, it's game over. We're not. We're not. Um, we're not coming back from this. Um, and uh, as you said earlier, knockouts one v one with the keeper, you, you've got to you've got to score. You, you have you, to you, score there, Giannis. Yeah, have it's, to. it's a yeah. You, it's a worst. It's a worst case scenario for every goalie. They'll tell you that. You know, they know how to come. Out he to, has the advantage the at this point. He really Every has. Time. He has the whole goal right in front of him, and I, you know, again, I watched this a few times, and have to give credit to Bentley, but he just needs to score there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's poor and um, annoying for me is the fact that uh, Knockart wasn't subbed. You know, um, I don't know what. You know, he cannot start Tuesday night. He cannot start. He, he can, no. You know, you've. I agree with that. Boo Boo's you know, come on and he's made a big impact. He's scored one. He could have scored a second. And, um, no, knock out, get him on for 20 minutes at the end, get him all pissed off. We've got him up there to, to, uh, to produce. And he's not, he's not, I'm sorry, he's not producing. Um, so, um, he's just, I think he needs, he needs some time on the bench just to watch. And he's, you can tell his confidence is, is low right now. And when that happens, you you've got two left feet, right? And um, so, uh, but they gone. They went uh, two nothing up, and at that point, I'm thinking it's game over. Okay, excellent. All right, Giannis, back over to you. We've already talked about Kamara. You've already mentioned his name, and also want to mention him coming on, and also Niskins Kambano. The two of them definitely gave Fulham a spark. So let's talk about the goal from Abubakar Kamar, but really this all starts off from Niskin's Cabano. So let's talk about the goal in the 86th minute that made it 2-1. to one. Well, it's the shot from Cabano, and he looked very, very busy, and he was, he was, he, what he did as soon as he came on is he started being far more direct, and I thought that was, that was, that was critical. Um, and for some reason, um, it seemed to upset the balance, and that's a, really for Scotty Parker. He's got a look at that now and go, well, if I'd done that from the start, would this may have been a different scenario? And then, then you say, well, um, maybe if Boo Boo had started, then you might you might have a different you might have a different uh, you might have a different result here. But uh, he was he was energetic when he came on. He's, he's taken a shot, and I think Bentley's done a right actually to get something on it. But Boo uh, Boo's there, the, you know, Johnny on the spot to tap at home, and then all of a sudden, you know. Um, We've got about four or five minutes left, and hallelujah, we're back in the game. And really, we shouldn't have been in the game. Right. And we've got the chance. Like no business. Yeah, and it's, again, it was sort of like the championships rose up again. Going back to that Millwall Forest, I mean, Millwall did well in the first half, and then Forest, I thought, were outstanding second half, and they take a two-on lead, and you're thinking that's it, really. And then Millwall, good teams do find a way. Right. And um, they did find a way. I was, you know, pretty pleased they they did get the point. And uh, I've got to say that, um, you know, then we threw everything at them. Um, we did. Um, but it, it wasn't a thing. Right. Very good point there, Giannis. And, Max, I'll go back over to you because, as Giannis just mentioned, we then started to create opportunities. You have the header from Alfie Moss, and 
in the 89th minute that just goes over. And then, of course, we then talked about in stoppage time, we have the situation with Cabana. We've already talked about that. And, again, if that situation goes Fulham's way and they get a penalty, then we're talking potential, with, especially with Mitro taking it, getting something out of this match, which I don't think they deserve. But let's then talk about this because we've already talked about the inclusion of Diskins Cabano and also Abubakar Camaro, and Cabano was just incredibly lively. Next, really, to end the match, near the end of the match, Cabano had another opportunity to get the equalizer, and he hits the crossbar. So let's talk about Cabano's inclusion in this match and, and his opportunity at the very end. We've already talked about the penalty, but let's talk about just his play. Completely shocked me. I mean, he hadn't played in, in months. I can't remember a thing he did all season. I don't know if it was his first appearance of the season in the league, but personally, he's the only one that's memorable. He might have come on for a couple minutes, but the way he played, it's like he never left. And I think that's real man management from Parker. That's a player with a fire in his belly. He's eager to prove himself to the new manager, and he was excellent. He was all over the place in that left wing area, did more than Cavalera did, essentially, in the entire 75 minutes before him. Should have got that goal. It was a great header. I mean, Cabana, how tall is he? You know, one of the shortest players on the pitch. Yep. Leaps brilliantly to get on the end of that cross. And I think it was a cross from Christie, um, who's not known for his crossing. That was actually a really nice ball. But he right. clips it in. So Cabano has to generate all the power on that, which makes a header even the more impressive that he gets all that power on it. It would have been the perfect ending to, to get that one in, but just slams off the bar. But back to his um, role in the goal, it, it, it's a great cut inside and shot. But let's not kid ourselves about Kamara's finish. That's far from the tapping. That's a bouncing ball. He has to squeeze that in through a player in the line as well as pass the keeper. I think that's a really great underrated finish from Kamara. Totally agree. Totally agree. And listen, we've been talking about this. The confidence that Abubakar Kamara has shown the growth as a player and probably as a person as well because he's just showing himself in a different light, I think has been amazing. So I want to give him full credit. And he just keeps stepping up, Max. Like I said, him coming into this match, and then also Cabano, I think, made a huge difference. Yeah, and, and those are two players that shows, our again, our strength and depth. Right. The fact that we can call on these type of players when you know the big-name stars like Knockout or Cavalera aren't showing up. You can call on Cabano right. to come in, Kamara to come in, get goals, assists. That's a, another marker of a true promotion-winning side when you have all these options off the bench. Right. But we're just not doing enough. We're just not getting the most out of our players. Are these players put in the best position to succeed? We're also talking about that as well. I'm blaming everyone. I'm not just blaming Scott Parker as coach and stuff, blaming the players because they're just not doing enough to win these matches. And But you have to give credit to the other side. In this case, you have to give credit to Lee Johnson's players. They knew how to play against Fulham. They got it done. Fulham didn't. They deserved all three points. All right, guys, let's finish up by looking at the stats there. Very interesting, and I definitely want to spend a few minutes talking about them. So let's start here, guys. Possession, 68% to 32% in favor of Fulham. Total shots, guys, 21 for Fulham, 12 for Bristol City. This is the stat that stands out to me. Shots on target, 5 for Fulham, only 3 for Bristol City. But they scored 2 goals on them. So that's something to really think about that – they won this match on just getting three shots on target and got two goals from those shots on target. That's actually a very good return. 
crosses, 42 to 19 in favor of Fulham, but the crosses that Bristol City have were effective. And then we look at passing accuracy. This is a good indicator for Fulham, 84%, which is good, 68% for Bristol City. And then I'll just go down and I'll look at fouls, 15 to 6 in favor of Fulham. Giannis, I'll go to you. What stands out to you from the full-time stats? I said the shots on target from Bristol City. How about you? I think that one by Bristol City, you know, three three on target. I mean, that is, that is pretty good, but it's 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 um it's the conversion rate that really matters. Yes. You no, know, we had yeah we 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 had chances and we didn't bury them, and um you know and it goes to show when Mitro isn't on complete song, other people have to step up and and that's where Boo Boo did step up. Absolutely. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of days here in terms of. Um, you know how how Scotty sets up the lineup for Tuesday because uh, you know I'm sure he he may not um, he may not uh, admit to it but I'm sure he does read social media and I'm sure he will he will see the feedback and um, you know I don't think there's any compelling case not to start Boo Boo on uh, Tuesday night I don't know what the status is for you know Arthur Reed and Reed yep um, but if the three are still gone then I think you've got to you've got to put Boo Boo out there amongst the walls and see what he can do. And um, I agree. See if we can get He might be able to get us off to a quick start, and if, and if so, then uh, it puts the pressure on. Um, it puts it puts the pressure on Preston to have to come with us, which would be, I think would be a good thing. Okay, excellent, Max. How about you? Yeah, I think this is one of the situations where the stats actually deceive you, because if you just read the stats and you didn't watch the match, you think. It's a smashing grab by Bristol City. Fulham deserved to win. Bristol only had three shots on target. Complete, uh, complete stealing of the three points. But actually, we were inept for three quarters of the match. Bristol City controlled the chances. Although they might not have had the shots on target, they were the better side for much of this. So I'm not going to pick any of the stats. I'm going to say this actually kind of deceives you because it wasn't a smashing grab. Bristol City had a great game plan, and yep. we really struggled to get shots for the majority of this match. Good point. Very good point. And uh, that's why, again, I just want to talk about, I, I focused on the conversion rate for Bristol City, but when you look at it and forget about the stats, if you really just watch the match, I just can't see anyone really saying, I mean, maybe someone said, well, maybe we deserve the point. Okay, fine. But I watched this and Bristol City were the better team and uh, they deserved all three points. I'm not going to change my mind on it. Am I still upset about what happened with the uh, non-penalty call? Absolutely. Am I upset about the play of the referee? Absolutely. But in the end, it's down to the players and the coaching staff to do more to beat the team in front of you. They didn't do enough, and Bristol City did. That's the way I look at it. Great show, guys. To end the show, just real quick, give me your thoughts about uh, Tuesday night for Fulham against uh, Preston North End. Giannis? I think we're going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. Uh, I, I've got a lot of time for Preston always have, but, but it'll be a very, very disappointing result yesterday at the Ha Ha's. Yep. But we can exp- they've always given us a difficult, a difficult time there. Absolutely. A workman like yeah, blue collar team uh, in the northwestern. You know, it's going to be cold up there. Um, it's going to be a, a character game for us. But I'm, I, I think if we make the right selections, I think we beat, we beat them two one. Okay. Max? I'm with the honest say I'm predicting a Fulham win. And, yeah, Preston are on a bit of a poor run of form. We will be so angry. 
after uh, the way we lost um, yesterday. In addition to, you know, midweek matches, I don't know, maybe we seem to play better in those, you know, yeah. uh, on, on a weeknight um, away from home. Maybe this will now be the impetus uh, to get another win and start another maybe four-match winning streak. We need that. Okay. Well, I'll go with that. I'm going with two to one to Fulham. I agree with you guys. I I think uh, Fulham are going to bounce back. They have had the ability to bounce back, so I am going with them as well. This is a tough team, as Yana said. I have much respect for Preston North, and I like the way this club has been built. I like this club in general. Okay, I have nothing against Preston North End. I just think Fulham are going to win this match, so I'm going two to one to Fulham. All right, great show, guys. But it is time to wrap up this episode of Cutters Talk. For Giannis Janaeus, the birthday boy, and Max yeah. Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.